the expression from the music inspired me so much to take risks and it inspired damn near the whole rap game. Hello again, I'm Adam Unz. You may know me as the host of The Opus, and now I'm bringing my own show, The Spark Parade, to the Consequence Podcast Network. I speak with artists and creatives about the cultural artifacts that spark their personal interest and creativity, whether it's music, books, movies, video games, or any other kind of art. I've never spoke about it in this amount of detail. I'm suddenly going, oh my God, I'm blowing my own mind here, Christ. It's, it's actually a giant part of my life. By talking about the things we love, we share and discover insights into our personality and the things that drive us. It's just magic, really. I mean, frustrating and it makes some people angry, but I don't think anyone's ever done anything like it. I speak with people like Connor Robers, Phoenix's Thomas Mars, Chris Gethard, Helen Hong, Adrian Young, and more, so their sparks of inspiration can start a fire in you. I'm grateful for those who continue to put our history and who we are as a people in the forefront and make you see it. Find the Spark Parade wherever you get your podcasts. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Journey through the stories that define the artists playing Bonnaroo. Who are they? What are they? What will you see? The what? Which bands? This year, that matter. Yay. With Brad Steiner and Barry Corder. Really should get used to it. You're going to be hearing a lot of her. Yola is one of the uh, artists I'm most excited about. And it's uh, not only am I excited about her being a Bonnaroo, but uh, she's also somebody that allows me to talk about me. <laughs> Well, that is the requirement, isn't it? It is, right. I'm uh, going to guess that's part of why you like me, because I let you go on and on. Yeah, you're you're very docile, and you <laughs> really let me just keep going and going no matter what. Yeah, the way I look at it, it's the old give them enough rope, but you, you know, you go ahead. <laughs> I've never been given enough. <laughs> I'll never find the end of that rope. Uh, it's Barry Corder. I'm Brad Steiner. This is the What Podcast, part two of our two-part sit-down with the guys at book. Uh, your Bonnaroo lineup each and every year. Uh, Brian and Steve, and then a uh, special guest uh, from AC, Ted, uh, Ted Heinig, who uh, set all of this up and gave us the idea for it, which is awesome. Again, like we said last week, we've ran out of ideas. <laughs> well, sort of. Yeah. yeah, we're still getting there. They keep <laughs> making the lineup, and there's new people. But yeah, that was terrific of Ted to come up with that. And for those guys, we said it before, for Steve and Brian to give us so much time. As well as all that insight, you right. know, it's still, I don't know about you, but, uh, you know, we left there pretty excited about what we got, but here it is two weeks later and it's still pretty doggone cool. Yeah. And if you listen to part one, we appreciate it. And I'm sure that you had a, a ton of questions that you probably had. So send them to us. We don't mind it. Uh, love to get your input at, uh, the what underscore podcast, the what podcast.com drop us a line. You know, the, the, the list of questions that, you know, I want a round two. I yeah. want to do this again. Uh, and hopefully one of them comes back to Camp Nut Butter and we get them a little boozed up and we can get a little bit more information out of them. <laughs> hopefully yeah. the, the plan. We'll, we'll give away Tacos Booze like yeah, we sure. did last year. Anything. It worked. Whatever <laughs> whatever it takes. So, But yeah, I think they will. I, I, I'm glad you said that because I think they were, uh, I think they enjoyed it and I think they're willing to do a round two. 
I hope so, because it's not something that's ever been done, I think. I don't know if anybody's really ever had this conversation with people who, you know, book. I, I, I don't know if there are Coachella podcasts, yeah. uh, but I sure as hell think that they're probably not getting the Golden Voice guys sitting down explaining the booking process. I totally agree. For them to give us what they did was amazing, and I think it opens up doors for future what we're going to do in in the future. Yeah, I hope so. And if you haven't listened, please go back and listen to the uh, the first part of it. There's just so much in there. There's news, there's insight, there's you know, explanations of the the rationale behind all of it. There's so much that we're going to talk about once this part is over. We'll go through the whole thing and we'll recap, but let's uh, get right back into it. Now, where I wanted to start was a place where uh, Brian made such a great point, and Steve jumped in. I want to go back to that part first, and then uh, just to you know set the table, and then we'll uh, take off in part two. So here you go, part two of the What Podcast with the guys that book your Bonnaroo lineup. I mean, the harsh reality is we say no a, a lot. lot. Right. <laughs> we, That's what I was going to say. I mean, we have to just, have some hard conversations yeah, right. year in, year out, and it all ties in really to what a lot of times to what Ted was saying. It's like you know we get a lot of pressure, and sometimes it's not the right fit for us, you know, us being Bonnaroo. It's not the right timing for the artist. And a lot of times that's a hard, you know, pill to swallow on the artist side. But, but sometimes it's actually, it's interesting. There was an example this year. I'm not going to name names, but it was where, where we wanted them on the event and they turned it down because they didn't think it was the right look for the artist. And we, we didn't necessarily see eye to eye, um, on, on where it fit in. And so they were like, well, we're just going to wait. And and totally respected that decision, you know. Um, and we'll probably have her on the festival next year, okay. you know. A lot of the, just to, to piggyback on what Steve says, a lot of it is situational too mm-hmm. because where we are in the process sometimes di- dictates these uh, decisions yes. because if we're 80% of the way booked and we have an opportunity to, to to put an artist on, but we don't have the exact right yeah. opportunity that they see uh, is is a fit for them on the festival. Sometimes it just doesn't work. Yeah. Um, so it, you know, timing. It, it again, just going back to there. There are so many factors yes. that play into why a band yeah, sure. does or does not end up on the lineup. But um, just to put a bow on this, I, I don't know. It, it is pretty fun though to look back at past yeah. lineups and see. Avett really Bro- Brothers played yeah. a cafe stage. Vampire Weekend yeah. played Thursday. Yeah. Kings of Leon played a uh, early a first yeah. stop. Yeah, uh, that's why I don't. You know, it, like it, when it, you it, see those, Alabama Shakes those played little, a cafe those, stage. Those it is yeah. in that teeny tiny print at the bottom of right. the poster. It's amazing. And sometimes yeah. you're like, oh man, do you remember that band? Sometimes you're like, oh shit, do you yeah. remember? <laughs> like, look at that. Look yeah. at what yeah. we did. I mean, I think I think there's one where like the Black Keys are like the third to last on the line. Yeah. Right. You know, I mean, yeah, I think yeah. that that's where like I think that's where I was trying to go is like you got to take so much pride in the fact that that these are these are artists that are major, major, major stars now, and you guys got to to, to have them in these in these tiny spots mm-hmm. and watch yeah, yeah. them grow. Um, I, there's got to be an enormous amount of pride there. But to your point a couple of minutes ago when you said that you don't – did you say something like you try not to do back-to-back or you try not to do multiple years or you give them a window of three to four years? It, it's not a hard and fast yeah, rule. Yeah, yeah. There's always fluidity there, right, D- depending on an artist's trajectory and where they are in their yeah. career. It is very difficult for us to uh, repeat yeah. uh, year over year, much less – 
two or three years just because of the sheer amount of artists that are out there in any given booking cycle. Um, There are obviously a tremendous amount more artists than there are slots we have at the festival. And therefore, you know, obviously we're trying to uh, present a fresh round of artists each year. Um, I, I go back to, and I, I don't want to go backwards, but the year that Dua Lipa did a Thursday night and then turned around and was, was damn near top of the lineup mm-hmm. the next year. I mean, that what conversation had... There's an exception to every rule, yeah. Yeah. you know, but again, it, it, you know, it, as, yeah. a, as a general rule, I mean, just look back. I mean, I, you know, you don't see a lot of artists playing back to back years, it, it, much less, you know, every couple, two, three, two, three years. Yeah, right, because of... Because of you guys and other festivals, my bucket list is very, very short now. There are, you know, a handful of artists that I want to see. But how about with you guys? Dolly, we've talked about, but, you know, maybe that you haven't been able to get that you really want to get. There's definitely a good handful. Um, I'm going to, I mean, you do what you want. I'm going to refrain from naming any names just because... I like I like to keep uh, except for Dolly except except for Dolly yeah I mean you you can name (laughs) them um um, because you never know what we're working on but um yeah yeah there's there are definitely some there's there's some that um that we tried that unfortunately we won't ever have the opportunity to book now you know I'm trying to think uh, I you know to me the 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 number one was Prince you know and I, I think that you know that one you know again not for lack of trying. In fact, yeah. we came pretty close one time, um, and um, and it's it just pretty did, close. Me, um, thought we had it. Yeah, really. Mm-hmm. What happened? Didn't work out. Okay, all right. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I you I know. I wonder what in your in my world I understand what pretty close means, but I don't know in your world what pretty close means. Is is pretty close, and this goes for any artist. If they're pretty close, is a is it a money thing? Is it a production thing? Is it um, paperwork's in hand, but just not signed? No, it's not. It wasn't that close. It was just a. I thought um, I thought we were close to a confirmation. How about that? And ultimately, um, for a number of different reasons, it didn't end up working. But um, I mean, those heartbreakers you have Even happens a lot. Yeah. Yeah, it happens a lot. Yeah. A couple, two, three, five, depending on how many we go after a year. Yeah. You know, um, is it is it is it because in, in the success that you have is it dependent? I mean, the word's not dependent, but uh, how much of it is so because you have great relationships with management or um, booking agents or when you have somebody that just needs a little bit more work. Are you willing to go uh, fly and, and, and talk to this booking agent or uh, management team? Uh, how much of that legwork are you still doing at this point that you were you were probably doing a lot more five ten years ago? We still do it. We definitely still do it. You know, if if we have if we have our our sights set on a particular act, <clears throat> we will do what we need to do to get it done. You know, and. And that if that's fly or go see the band and like go meet them backstage or you know whatever to tell the story, but yeah, we'll. You never buy anybody a car. You never bought a car and tried no, to. No, 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 no. We're way too trying. We will. To do we that. will buy a car. <laughs> Jay Z, we needed, got a car yeah. for you. Yeah, I'll do it. You're you're definitely not above bribing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was just and like some of it happens because we have partners. You know, like we got a text this week about. You know, a potential like add-on for 2020 with uh, one of our partners out in LA. What do you think about this idea? Like, 
Steve and Brian are, are in there every single day thinking about this. And I think that's a huge part of why it matters. They've been doing it forever. They've got great institutional memory. They really know music. And, and that's what makes this whole thing go. But they could book the best lineup in the world, but if you know Jeff and the team don't deliver the experience on site, if Jacob and Ben don't hold up their end and do an excellent job marketing it, it's, it's the touch points yeah. across the board with the artist liaisons, with the artist shuttle like transport. It's, it's really everything. It's like you know creating a city for the weekend that then some of some of us, especially these two guys, are living to build for the next year, a year and a half out. And I think that's really what makes it all work because when you're down there at Camp Nutbutter having a great time, you're having a great Can't time because you don't, you don't have to think about all the things that aren't going the way that you would want them to go because somebody's already thought through that and has made it the yeah. best experience possible for your camp for that year. And then each year we try to make everything better. So I, I think and we can't lose sight of that. Yeah. Like sometimes, you know, uh, I'm not in the heavy booking with Bonnaroo, but I've got a booking background. And we all like to think, oh, it's all booking. And listen, booking drives the show. If you don't have a great lineup, you're done. But everything yeah. else that comes with it is critical yeah, to, you know, the, the Bonnaroo fan experience and how they... You know, pull through the toll booths and how long that takes and yeah. how the search goes and how friendly everybody is and the food and the drinks and the pricing. There has just been a massive amount of thought that goes into all of it. And that's, you know, almost 20 years in. That's really what makes it work. I've always said that if your favorite act is on the lineup, it's the best festival ever. And if you're not, it's the worst. Yeah. Who is your favorite act? We, we, we've heard that before. You can say who your favorite <laughs> you're act is. You're so millennial, Barry. <laughs> I was going to say. No, I usually say that to people who are criticizing a festival. But how do you guys define success? I mean, this lineup has been getting mostly praise since it dropped. But how do you guys define whether you put together a good lineup or not? Are we selling tickets? Uh, I mean, I think that's a pretty good bra- – I mean, I don't know. I, I think that – um, you said earlier you're proud of all of them. I mean, I'm, I'm we are. Sure. sure yeah, yeah. That, some sell more tickets than others, and that's, that's what I mean. You look yeah. at it and say, wow, that was a good lineup. Why didn't it do? And why is this one and not that one? You I mean, know? a lot of times, though, uh, we can look back and see maybe on some of the ones that didn't do so well where we didn't actually deliver the best lineup that we could have or we did deliver the best lineup that we could have that year mm-hmm. but it just wasn't because I mean so much of it is just you know timing and things like that um, I don't know I mean before like the day before we released this lineup you know Brian and I've been working on this for a, you know well over a year and we were talking and we are like, like what do you think and we're both just kind of like I don't know, man. We'll see. Because we've been doing, we've been staring at it, and looking at it, and like internalizing yeah. it for so long that we're like, I guess we'll find out tomorrow. I mean, it, we think it's good, but you don't, like, you don't, we you just don't take don't it. Know. You don't take it, or like, how many people do you actually share it with to let the like get like an outsider view and say, what do you what do you think about this? You do that at all? You don't have teenagers in the house. Yeah, I mean, we run. We run <laughs> ideas. No, no, no. I mean, we run. We run ideas by like lots of people on the team and the Bonnaroo team. The you know staff here. Um, I mean, the full lineup. We is, collaborate with the team. It's not yeah. just you know two bros in an office no, like putting God, this thing no. together. You don't, nobody we wants ultimately that. are making yeah, the decisions yeah. on I'd what love is to see that lineup. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're making the ultimate decision on what 
yeah. is chosen or not, but yeah, yeah. it's a, it's, you know, there, there's definitely a lot of team input. Um, do you guys feel as though as, as individuals though, do you feel like you have certain strengths in certain genres more so than you do somewhere else? Like for instance, you might be more of a hip hop guy and you just you know it. I think we obviously have our personal likes musically. Um, but it's our job to know all of it. And so, um, we are listening to music all day, every day. We are reading, studying, looking, talking to agents, managers, you know, industry folks. I mean, this is literally, we live this. And, um, so, um, you know, Steve might be better at, you know, some of the more indie stuff where, as a, I might be a little bit better at some of the rock pop stuff, but we all know it, yeah, you know, and, and, and it's yeah. not like I'm um, like having to convince him or turn him on to an artist because yeah. for the most part, he already yeah, knows it yeah. And, yeah, and vice, vice versa. versa. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it, it really, um, if, if we didn't do that, then it would be hard because, you know, we would constantly be having to say like, if I'm not listening to any, you know, hip hop and Steve yeah. is, and he's like, well, why don't you know this? And I'm like, well, I don't want to book it because I don't never heard of it. We really have to yeah, have that conversation. Yeah. Have there been total disagreements? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, sure. Do we want to go over one? I can't, like, no, we don't want to go over them. But yeah, we're not disagree a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Going back, to I mean, a, sometimes we do. You know, sell have to sell each other a little harder on something than. You know, so it's not because we things. don't know the band; but, it's because we don't want to. But you know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because we because we see something that yeah. you know we feel like we feel very invested in, and we want to. You know, but I mean that. But that goes to something interesting because like it's great because it is very collaborative. Like it's not just like man. Like if one person was like booking Bonnaroo or whatever, it's it's really it makes it really fun and dynamic. And like I think you can see a lot of the results. Um, by looking at the lineup and looking at like when the schedules come out and how you experience it on site that like like it's not just one person sitting there and putting this thing together it's like ideas and constant conversation and like riffing off of someone else's ideas you know doing it in that way I think really 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 like you know is hopefully clear and you know, once you're on the on the festival site and experiencing experiencing like from the first up to the last off, you know that kind of thing. I was just gonna say, like, uh, I think everyone here on the work of Steve and Brian that they're doing, which is so great, is super proud when the lineup comes out, and it's really important to all of us. Uh, but there are a couple of factors because the, the validation comes from you know the people that we're all serving, which is the Bonnaroo ticket buyer. Like, if they're not yep. buying tickets, this thing is over. Yep. So everything that happens is with them in mind. It created an experience that they really delight in and love. However, we have no control over the economy. So, like, in the years where, you know, people don't have as much discretionary income, we're going to see a dip in ticket sales because those fans don't have as much money. And then the other thing, and this is what Ashley always says, Ashley Caps, who... Uh, the president of the business, he always says we're like miners who are out there, you know, trying to get scarce minerals and resources. Brian and Steve can only mine the right. artists that are out there yeah. on this cycle. And if a couple of them that were really key 
parts of the overall headline experience don't want to do Bonnaroo or are going to skip it this time around, they're really limited. There are only a handful of yeah. artists that can play the, the elevated headline spots. And I think that's another factor that really ties into the, not the proud part, but the ticket sales part. Because if you can't get whoever, just because they're not touring, it's not possible, that may be a factor in your overall sales at the end of the that's year. That's a great analogy. You're not creating the gold, you're mining the gold. We're right. just mining it. Yeah, we're miners. Yeah. The reason why I asked that originally, uh, what's your lineup look like? What's your lane? What are you? Uh, what is your path going to be on Friday? Because look, Friday to me, and look, yeah, I, I've tried to, I've tried to keep away from some of the platitudes because I've said them on on this show plenty of times. But I mean, you guys, you guys are creating such a feeling and such an experience. And I've said this to Ashley. I thought you know Bonnaroo and and Ashley pretty much saved music uh, about fifteen, sixteen years ago. Your lineup, your path, what does it involve on a, on a Friday? I have 16 artists I want to see on Friday. It's the damn near the best lineup day I have ever seen in a festival. Thank and you. I feel like I've been to damn near all of them in the country. Friday is unbelievable. It's pretty stacked. Yeah, it is um, stacked. It, it, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how we ended up with that. No, yeah. it, it worked out really well. Um, that's probably a better question for my wife. Okay. Who I usually, uh, you know, uh, let 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 you might be a plot my path. I think I felt like not. To, sorry to cut you off there, but it just re- reminded me when when I started you know, like sort of bouncing off what we were working on for this year with my wife, and she, as excited as she got, I was like, okay, maybe we are actually onto something. Oh, yeah. You know, like her lane is definitely like like. That level of excitement coming from the wives was really, like, felt pretty good. Uh, have you ever uh, overbooked an artist um, that, uh, wait, look at this, overbook is the wrong word. Have you ever booked an artist that you saw was petrified and killed it, or the opposite? You, you saw somebody that saw a moment happening in their career, they could see it coming, and, and they were petrified, you didn't expect them to, to do as well as they did, and they, they absolutely blew it away? You ever have any one of those? Hmm. I can't think of anything in yeah. particular. Yeah. You ever find an artist that just feels like the moment is just too big for them? Um, what do you think, Doug? Never. Yeah. You don't think so? But I wouldn't say it if it... Like, no, I don't right. say it. Yeah. Like, I, I wonder I if, for you guys as music professionals, if you look at an artist, you're like, ooh. Yeah, but it's really hard to also say because if you're not a fan of that artist, like sometimes you just don't know... And sometimes people are really feeling it who are like into it in the pit, and you've just gotten sure. there for the, yeah, the last 10 it. minutes, and you missed the it. I, it's, it's hard to answer that. Yeah, yeah, that the, 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 only, the only thing I could say is um, I think we're really good at programming yeah. and slotting and positioning, but we don't hit 100% of the time, and I think that we've there's definitely been some moments over the years where we looked back and and, and thought yeah. maybe we would have done like i would have not put that band on that stage sure. in that time My, like is that makes the sense genesis of that question is war and treaty wherein uh i don't know if they knew the moment that they were about to have and they seemed like, oh god this is this is the scariest moment of my life, and then they go out there and they I feel like they changed their life. I mean, it changed one of, it, one of my favorite shows I've ever been to at Bonnaroo. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm bawling at the end of it. They're bawling after it. Afterwards, they're just hugging everybody as mm-hmm. if, you know, they had just had this amazing experience yeah. that that they feel as though may have just changed. Well, I think that's a better way to approach the question versus people sort of, like, not 
like succeeding in the slot that they were given Mm -hmm. or you know being underwhelming or something it's more about those those times where it's an act that like has gone above and beyond and like the experience and like the changing like that moment like you said with war and treaty like that was like a a moment that was changing for the band and you et cetera et cetera and i can think of like like japan droids on a thursday night years ago like that band still is like they hate festivals the only festival they want to play is Bonnaroo because yeah. they still to this day tell me that that was their number one, maybe their favorite show of all time. That's awesome. You know, and I was there and I watched it and like it was insane. And we put that band on a Thursday night and like who the F knew who they, they were. And I can't tell you how many comments from artists we get yes. that Bonnaroo is their favorite show of all of all time, you know. And, um, you know, another one that comes to mind um, that, that I'll share that, you know, this this one I'm really proud of because she's had a uh, long and storied and, and amazing career is Cheryl Crow. Yeah, you know, and Cheryl Crow, we still get you know comments from that camp that that was her favorite show she's ever played, um, and that's you know I don't know how many shows Cheryl Crow's played. Yeah. That that that's that makes yeah, us right. proud. But again, it all it, to me it all goes back to the fans because we have the best audience in the world and if they're not showing up and being enthusiastic for every single show that we're putting out there then artists aren't responding in that way and that that's what makes it john prime last year i mean he danced off the stage paul janaway talked about that there was a goal of his to play and then we watched him come out early and stood at the front of the stage and just smiled conversation we've got a little bit more left for you and then we'll wrap up the whole thing here in a second um but first we wanted to jump in and and say thank you to some patreons because our patreon thing you know we we walked into it really nervous and it turned out out okay one two maybe a family member (laughs) we we didn't offer a family membership by the way that we should have (laughs) and you know I don't know if it's worth pointing out, but I think it's unbelievable. We sold out the upper tiers first. First. Right. The $20 yeah. a month thing. I so had you guys no are, idea. You guys are awesome for doing yeah, you guys that. It's amazing. amazing. Uh, so. Let's go through a couple of David Grimes, Leslie Kent, Condor, Frank Swanson, Phil Hanley, Dustin Garrick, Chloe Howe. Uh, we'll have some more to announce uh, a little bit later on in the show. The thing that is amazing about the Patreons is the conversations that they are having offline. And they like we're having a conversation with just the Patreon. So uh, our Lord Taco, our buddy Lord Taco, our Lord and Savior Lord Taco, uh, <laughs> created us a, a chat group inside the Patreon. So not only do you get the rewards that are on each tier that are available, like a mixtape from one right. of us and a T-shirt and all that kind of stuff, but you also get in on our like little secret conversation. It's uh, maybe we drop a little uh, hints of knowledge through it yeah, in the next few it- months. I think you and I are both continually surprised, amazed, whatever the word is, that the the level of, what do you want to call it, interest, love, yeah. year-round, that all of us have. You know, it's not just you and me, right. obviously. Now, and it is true. I was having this conversation the other day with someone. I just, come September, maybe August, 
there isn't that much to talk about when it comes to Bonnaroo. So, you know, yeah, sure. we do like to take a few months off, but it does feel like, you know, seven to eight months out of my year, this is a driving conversation. Somebody on Reddit, I think, yesterday pointed out 21 more Fridays. Oh, I don't want to talk about it like that. I just <laughs> I know can't talk about it like that. It's very weird. for you and me, it's 21 more Wednesdays. Yes. <laughs> I know. It's a lot, a lot of work. It's a long week, but it's great. Uh, yeah, so hopefully this will start our uh, uh, mostly every week show up until the festival. We'll take some weeks off here and there just to give you a heads up. But uh, yeah, from, from here on out, you can probably expect a new show every week. Let's get back into it. Part uh, two continues now. The What Podcast with the guys that book your Bonnaroo lineup. Brian, Steve, and Ted from AC Entertainment. Speed is, speed is, slow down time. Gas station is running dry. Mm, eh, eh, mm. Sweaty, sweaty, wonder why. Now it's always summertime. Mm, eh, eh, mm. It's a go. I've always wondered because one of the things that Bonnaroo is known for, the thing that is is so of their brand is a super jam. How do you book that? How in the world does that happen? Do you have to find the right person who's willing to just take it and run with it? Or do you have to specifically go and find the artist and add it to a contract? Um, no, it's not the latter. Um, it, it's more about... Um, finding an act that's going to embrace the what we're trying to achieve and um that can um you know wants to really put in the time to put together a, a special moment and wants to present that at Bonnaroo and um you know a lot of it is relationship based and um you know what what for us it's um you know uh, Sylvanesso is an artist that um, we've wanted to do something special with for years out there. And, um, you know, when, um, I remember the moment I had a conversation with their manager, um, about the fact that they were even considering the toying with the idea of doing interpretations of their music with a full live band, mm -hmm. my brain immediately went to. Hmm. Really? Wonder if we could. Wonder if we could do something special. So even then, I kind of had. I mean, immediately I thought Super Jam, and so I think, I think a Sylvanesso Super Jam might be one of the most unique things that you guys have come up with. And and now that I know it's with the full band, now it starts to make sense. And I heard of that the other day. But mm -hmm. that is such a weird pull. Mm -hmm. But I love weird. And and, and but, so they, we did. They did a short run of this in um, in November. Of, of, of 2019 this past year and we presented the show at the Ryman and I remember seeing the show in that moment and I knew we had a home run because it was um, it was one of the most you know impressive and dynamic and beautiful and, and, and incredible shows I saw last year mm -hmm. and I just think I, I cannot wait for that to play at Bonnaroo and to have it be a super jam, which means there's going to be some fun things up our sleeves. It's going to be an amaz amazing moment. But they got to come up with the with the friends and family, right? Well, do they call in favors? We do it together. Okay. You know, it's a collaborative effort. Um, you know, this, similarly, the Grand Old Opry, you know, we, we um, you know, we work very much hand-in-hand -hand with the Opry team on crafting 
a Bonnaroo moment for the Grand Ole Opry. It's the same thing with the Super Jam. It's uh, very much in collaboration with the festival and with us. And, um, you know, uh, you know, obviously the artists really drive it, but we're bringing a lot of ideas to the table and really, really working with them. We're using our relationships, the band's relationships to try to come up with some pretty amazing special moments and special guests. Have there been occasions where maybe guys have played and then, seen a super jam and said i want to do that all the time yeah all the time oh yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah and and you know and and that's really you know whether organically is a word or not a lot of the a lot of times the super jams almost come together in in that way because we have artists that we book and they're playing the festival and we don't think of them in that way but then they'll they'll reach out and say hey have you thought about so and so they might want to do the super jam and we yeah. think oh that's really interesting and so we we go yeah or, or everyone talks yeah about and, and so yeah. Yeah, yeah you never know who's going to be interested yeah. and sometimes it's such reaching out and saying hey billy idol will you come do this or uh, hey Brittany howard will you come do this or sometimes it's them going with Hey, I'd like to. Yeah, I'd like yeah, to participate exactly. in this. Anybody, anybody on the spot ever decide to do it just on the fly? Great question. Um, I'm sure that's happened. I'm sure that's happened. Yes. Okay. Um, yeah. it, those shows are very planned. You know, I mean, they're not. Yeah. It's not like in the moment. Yeah. Hey, let's do this cover song right now. I mean, it, you know, they're 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 rehearsed. They're thought through. Um, they're obviously very improvisational in nature. Uh, but there's a lot of planning that goes involved. There's rehearsals that go involved that are involved as well. Uh, who on this lineup specifically uh, best? Re- uh, we've talked about Lizzo earlier. Who on this lineup best represents your brand? Wow, there's a lot of them. I mean, I don't know. There's a, it's it's hard to say any like, one band. Yeah, I mean, necessarily. I, I kind of think that really at the end of the day, like everybody that's on the lineup represents it is embodied. Yeah, the festival and and what we're doing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it is is Tame Impala more on brand for Bonnaroo than Tool? I mean, they're both yeah, representative, I mean, it's, it's not, right? Because that's a tribute to the to the brand itself, yeah, right? Is exactly. that it's that's what I think is so strong yeah. about yeah. this lineup is that it's just strong from top to bottom. What did we call it? Heavy. It's just heavy. It's heavy with good yeah. stuff. It's insanely well rounded, and you guys should be uh, celebrated for it. It makes it. it I mean, it makes it makes our life a lot easier because we have a lot to talk about. But you I mean you guys should really and what back to the point that you guys made earlier. The the way that you can look back on a lineup is unbelievable. The way that you can like backwards convince yourself like that lineup was great, but in the front of it you're like, uh, want what again? It's never. We say this on the show all the time. It is never about a lineup. And I know, I know Ted is right, and I know most people. I get it when they say that you know lineup creates dollars but the the beauty about Bonnaroo is it's almost insulated from from the the ebbs and flows of an industry the ebbs and flows of a of a cycle or a financial crisis or whatever because you've got a, an experience that is unlike anything else on the planet and you've got a, a brand that is as strong as as you can find that's connected to its audience and you know you guys are at least we like to showcase that on this show and you know we appreciate you know you guys giving us this time because this is this is not something that's happened i think ever so this is a pretty big deal well, it's been it's been a lot of fun talking yeah, to you, sure. and we uh, we enjoy it. I, I honestly, we we are such nerds about this. We could literally talk about this all day, all day. <laughs> well, we could meet up at Camp Nut Camp, Butter. Camp Nut, Nut Butter. Butter. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have a Camp Nut Butter meetup. Yeah. 
Meet the bookers. <laughs> yeah. You know, Ken, Ken Weinstein was a guest last year. On we couldn't get him to leave. Yeah. We could not That's get funny. him out of camp. That sounds about right. Yeah. yeah. No, Ken, oh, Ken's the best. Ken Weinstein owning camp is really one of the highlights of my weekend. I mean, just shooting off one-liners at everybody. Yeah. You know, it's a really invigorating for It was like a radio show. Well, that's what I do for a living. <laughs> <laughs> show. That's great. Thank you guys. Guys, so amazing. Much. Our yeah. pleasure. Anytime. Really yep. Thanks for coming up to, to Knoxville. Yeah. Yeah. Can't wait till June. Well, where to start? There's so many places. First off, thank you so much for uh, uh, joining us and, and going through that amazing master class as to how a, a lineup is booked, how a festival is built. Not just a lineup, but how a festival is built with Ted, Brian, and Steve from AC Entertainment. They could not have been more generous and gracious with their time and their information. First off, let's uh, thank the rest of our Patreons that signed up in the last uh, few weeks. Dan Sweeney, Lucy Young, Linda Doles, Chelsea Davis. Jason Hazelbaker and Ella Watson. Thank you guys so much. Um, let's get into it. Let's recap what we've heard over the last two weeks. If you haven't listened to part one, I don't know, I don't know how in the world you missed that. So go back and listen to that and, and come back to the recap. But this is, I guess we can start with the news. The news that they gave us. And the more I, the more I listen, when I listen back to it, I realize they give us a lot more news than I thought. Mm-hmm. Like, for instance, King Gizzard mm-hmm. uh, going to be playing late night. Um, there's still some you know, conversations back and forth as to you know what stage that they're going right. to be on. I right. I don't know. I, they didn't give us any sort of hint, and I didn't want to push um, because they had already dropped that piece of knowledge that they uh, you know probably let slip. Uh, the second piece of news: they have tried on Dolly. They've tried Dolly a lot, and they do it every year. It seems like. Yeah. Yeah, that shouldn't surprise anybody. <laughs> um, I'm betting you could probably make a list of all the acts that we want to see, and they probably tried. Yeah. Stones, you know. They got the U2. Um, they got McCartney. I, I was interested to hear, and I'm betting it was McCartney that took him five years. You know, mm-hmm. I bet he was one of those that mm-hmm. took that many years to get to negotiate. I I found it fascinating how much – that type of thing that that networking that friend making that yeah. whatever you want to call it you know um it's not just sit in a conference room and come up with a list and right. call an agent type of thing it's get right. on a plane get on a car go see the show you get on a car <laughs> get in the car <laughs> sorry i know it, it's funny that you say that because you and i have both been in a room booking a festival right um and that's exactly what certain festivals do. Uh, we have been part of a booking process years and years ago for a festival, and it literally is show up to a conference room, give us some names, we'll make some calls. They don't go out and, and do the, the legwork that it takes, the, the relationship building that you know requires years and decades almost to try and build. And then on top of it, uh, a lot of festivals, you know, the reason why they die and go to that festival graveyard is because you know, maybe they don't have the the infrastructure built to have those relationships that can get you through ebbs and flows of the music cycle. Well, I would, I would add to that a little. I think I don't think that's a hundred percent right. I think the festival that you're talking about. I don't really about, shoot for that. I shoot for about seventy five. <laughs> I'm a solid. C I think student. the festival that you talk about is a lot of relationships, but it's it it gets more to the question you asked them was are there package deals. If yeah. I take A, do I get B and C? Or you have to take B and C. Uh, or if I get A this year. That really surprised me. 
I think that happens in the festival you're talking about mm-hmm. that we, you and I have both been involved in, and that surprised me that they don't do that kind of thing like like you ask. I and here's the thing is like normally if somebody were to tell me that I would just just not believe them. Yeah. But I have no reason to not no trust everything that they're saying. Exactly. They were so forthright and accommodating and open and I mean they basically let us walk in there and play on their computers essentially. Yeah. You know this is Pretty like much we took over their room, the TV, the computer. Walked yeah. in Ashley's office, milled around, <laughs> moved around some stuff, yeah. cleaned his windows. Yeah. It's very I mean, the only thing they weren't going to give, you know, were things that hurt them professionally. You know, they weren't going to say anything bad about anybody. They no, I, I really name. tried. I, know, I tried. I know. <laughs> I know. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I, I'm with you. There's no reason for them to have misled us It's just about strange, though, when we think about especially the, the Cafe X, the lower card, the undercard stuff, how they wouldn't come along with some sort of management. You know, I'll just use this for an example. If I have mom and pop records and I've got a, a up and coming artist that I really, really want to get an exposure and I think this is their moment, I say, Hey, can you put blank on because I'm giving you one of my better artists of mom and pop records? Um, I, I just, I can't, in my, in my logical brain, cannot yeah. think that that's possible. But. You know, if if you really believe in your brand and if you really, really think that you are the pinnacle and, and, and as good as you think that you are, you can say no to that. that that's brave. That's really, See, really brave. I re-listened to that interview and that, that whole part of the conversation is what stood out to me. And you have more of an insight into it because of your line of work. As a newspaper guy, I'm getting whatever's coming to town or whatever's hot at the moment. And that idea of being able to look ahead six months, 12 months, 18 months and say, we're going to have a new album out then, we're going to be touring or we're not, you know, this is a June 2020 is a good time for us or a bad time for us. That and is a that's next level kind of so stuff I know that this I is, didn't think about. I know this is a sidebar. And it may be a conversation for another day. One day when we don't have much to talk about, we start talking about the industry. You know, being, like you said, being the the line of this that I am in, it really worries me that they can predict it that far out. Not the bookers, but the industry in general. Because it almost feels like it's being set up and it's already predetermined. And, you know, you go back to this this Grammy thing that, that happened over the past week and a half and, right. and how she accused the Grammys of, of, you know, you know, rigging the whole process. You know, when you really, really want to think the worst of all of this, you wonder how much of this is predestined, right? Yeah. Already sure. made up to be successful, no sure. matter if it's good or not. Um, that's a that's an industry conversation, and that's something that sort of even in my industry freaks me out a bit. It's that you can predict it so well. It may be the reason why you can predict it so well is that they already know. That yeah. scares me a bit. I mean, you and I have had many many conversations indirectly about this, and yeah, I mean, you said last week talking about Lizzo that they told you she would be doing arenas now some of that i'm sure is just looking at data but some of that is you tell me they know how much money they're going to put into an artist they know 
at this point. Or not. It's, it's, that's a good point. So they wouldn't put as much money into insert artists here unless they knew specifically the ROI was going to Correct. make sense in the in the long run. And the way that they can manipulate what is successful and what isn't, I think, is the point that I'm making that scares me the most. And I, when I say they, I mean they generally in the industry, yeah. like the, the, the overlords yeah. where you think that maybe only two or three people run the entire music industry. That's where it gets really, really scary. Yeah. One of the things I've noticed, I mean, I've been doing this 31 years. I used to get box loads of albums and CDs hoping that we would review them. In the last several years, it's trickled down to just a handful, and it finally dawned on me the ones that I was getting were the acts that are big or going to be big. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They they quit sending me the hope fors. Mm-hmm. They were just sending the ones that did blow up and became big. Yeah. You know what I mean? And Yeah, it it almost feels as though as a as a as a buyer of the product, it almost feels as though I have no control here. Yeah. It almost feels matrix like. You know, yeah. and I know this feels like a very weird conversation to go into, but it, it does it does freak me out a little bit. Well, except I can bring it back to, to Bonnaroo and, and the, the cafe stages. That's what I think they've always done very, very well in the entire time I've been going is I always felt like it didn't matter that anybody on that lineup was going to have a, have a hit record or not. They were just going to be good. You know what I mean? That's good. Yeah, that's right. And and they they actually said that in the chat. Yeah, they didn't. You know, they know what they're putting on a stage is quality. Yeah, and they know they're going to have an audience there. Uh, it's now on the artist to make something of that moment. Yeah, I mean, they and and I started to say during that interview, and I didn't, but they have they have earned a huge level of trust. Yeah, well, see, this is where this is where I just don't believe them. I will straight <laughs> up say I don't believe them. <laughs> Look, they can nobody's be hum- that good. They can be as humble as they want to. They have broken artists. Now I know it takes a lot of people and a lot of effort and a lot of like foresight to 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 know exactly when your moment should be on the artist part, it, bringing it on stage. I get all of that, but they have got to look in the private moments at each other and be like, you know what? Yeah, if it like- wasn't for us. I don't think they'd be where they are. Uh, Come on. Oh, yeah. It works both ways. You know, that's a huge get to be able to put played Bonnaroo on your resume. No no question. That opens. That at least gets you a return phone call, right? Right. I would think. Now, what you do with it is is on you. Um, But, I mean, there's been acts that you and I walked up to and been like, "Uh uh-uh. And it, you know, maybe it's just not for well, me. Well, that's, that's sort of what that's sort of what Ted said when when I, you know, when, when we asked our baby asked the question, who has not delivered? Have there been artists that are just they don't bring they don't bring something that fits the moment? Mm-hmm. Where this is like they if they say this is the moment that you get to to make your next step, this is going to be your your opening to a huge audience. Who didn't bring it? And what do you feel when you see them not bringing it? Um, you know, the answer Ted gave was everyone. Yeah. Everyone brings it. That was politically which, correct. Which is, you know, I guess. But we, but I think his overall point was the better one when he said it's not just about, like, 
them bringing it. I know it's it's on it's on the artist to to seize the moment. They didn't look. There are plenty of artists that we watched and and said eh, that's just not. But that was Ted's overall point. I think sometimes they have seized the moment. It's just not for you. Yeah. No question. That there's somebody in the pit that is going crazy about this. The fans that have shown up for that band love it. And it's just not ours. It's that, not, yeah, it's that not was, our recipe. It's not, that was his point was that maybe you just did walk up and you missed the whole lead up to that. Yeah. And maybe you, you know, you've been there all day. So your headspace is different than somebody else. Yeah. Sure. No question about Let's, that. Let's go through some of the uh, other news that they uh, they broke. So they've they've tried a lot with Dolly, and they're going to try again next year. They've uh, got King Gizzard late night. Um, the other one that I thought was interesting, and we talked about a little bit, is that they listen. They listen to the surveys. They listen to the Reddits. They listen to, um, you know, the 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 reactions of the audience and the crowd and. Their people mean a lot to them, and yep. they do not want to disappoint them. The other thing that I thought was the big one, really the big one, was that they had Prince. Yeah, they thought they had Prince. They thought they had Prince. Yeah. The crown jewel. Now, I know everybody's crown jewel now is Daft Punk. At this point, it's just a joke. Uh, but the fact that you know Prince was this close. Now, I pressed, and I asked, you know, what does this close mean? Because I honestly don't know. I mean, I don't know what this close right. means. I mean, you could you could say that you're this close to booking Jesus. Yeah. You know. I mean, yeah. we almost had. We just we just missed him. Yeah. But he, excuse me, but looking in his eyes, I could tell how close they were. Yeah. Now I don't know if that you know made it to the air, and I don't know if you felt the weight of him. But I looked in his eyes, yeah. and I asked him, "What does this close mean to you?" Right. And he made me feel as though, yeah, it was there. It was there. I asked if it was, you know, just not a signature or paperwork, and it didn't get to that level. But I think, I think, at some degree, at that level, a handshake, you know, yeah, I'm coming. If Prince Oof. wants to come, same with Dolly. We we've, yeah. we've laughed about that right. many many times. It's all up to Dolly. If she wants to come, she'll come. If she I mean, doesn't want to come, it's not because they're not willing to, you know, give her whatever she's asking. Mark for. this down for if one of them comes back to camp. I want to know if I I know they're not going to answer. I want to know how much that offer was. <laughs> Maybe even it's off the record. I've got if it's if it's double digits, man. Would they ever offer double digits to somebody? You know, what That's I, a lot. What of money. I would want to know is how often the number is the deciding factor. Interesting. You know what I mean? Because I'm going to guess for a lot of those bands, if they want to play, it's not about the money. Well, see, that's what they said. They want to. They want somebody to want to be there. Yeah. Which is an easy way out of the money conversation, because you know. If you love me, if we're in a relationship, if you love me, you'll want to be with yeah. me. I shouldn't have to force you to want to be with me. Just like we can get out of the money conversation pretty easily if you don't want to come here. Yeah, I, I call it stupid money. You know, there are many, many stories over the years I've heard of. I'll give you for an example. There's a local high school here that has more money than, than they should, and they book acts to come and play, and they wanted to have James Brown. Well, he doesn't want to come play a high school, as you can imagine. Excuse me? This was years ago. What kind of story is this? Well, no, what really? I'm saying is, so he asked for stupid money, and they gave it to him. Stop it. Yeah. So that's what I mean. Write they, down what high school that is. <laughs> this, is the, this is the strangest thing I've ever heard. 
Okay, I got it. Yeah. That is insane. Yeah. So that's what I mean. They're stupid money. What would they? What would they do with James Brown? They had a senior party. Oh, get out of here! No, they do it oh, all the time. They've that makes done it me want to punch people. <laughs> you do not get James Brown for your senior party. Some had, senior party. They had P Funk. Okay. One year, same <laughs> thing. Absurd. Yeah, that's what I mean. You know, James's people. No, I'm not going to do that. And then they, then he says, "Well, I'll do it for this," and they get it. Stupid money. Do you remember what the number was? No. Okay. No, but, but you ask for something completely out of the left field, thinking that there's no way that somebody it's you're wanting them to say no. Correct. It is a no. But if you're stupid enough to pay it, right. I'm going to come play. And Bonner would I don't never know do how that. much. That's what I mean. I don't think, you know, Dolly, for example, could ask for any number, right? But she doesn't need the money. It's not about the money. Either she wants to play or she doesn't want to play. Now her management probably says we're not going below this number. Mm-hmm. Um, but it happens. You know what I mean. If they want to play, they'll work with you, and give up. And here's the thing: give up. I the, think. I think the dirty little secret about all of this is I think that they're working with a lot less of a budget than you think they are. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Exactly. I think there are probably acts that get. I mean, McCartney. I don't remember what I heard the rumor was. What two and a half, three million? I thought it was five. Five, five million. Yeah. I, I don't remember. It's a bunch, and that, to be honest, surprised me because he doesn't need the money. Mm-hmm. I mean, the guy's, the guy's okay. He's mm-hmm. gonna make it. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if it becomes an ego thing. You know, if they say, "Well, what's the highest you paid someone else?" Well, I have to have you know one dollar more than that. I don't know, but I don't think the money in that that AA plus list. I think they will. They work. Mm. You know what I mean. Um, the other things that I thought were interesting and uh, that I, and I think are breaking news that it's really two guys. And I know they <laughs> talk about the the, yeah. the team and you know the C three guy that that helps with the EDM stage and you know the plazas and and those get booked you know separately. I get it, but uh, that's stunning. When yeah. it's all said and done, it's really two guys' relationships with artist management, et cetera, that really drive this this whole thing. And it's worth pointing out, they've had two good years, right? Well, here's the part they won't tell you. Um, and everybody that's listening here knows the elephant in the room. They know that three years ago, four years ago, wasn't doing so well. Yep. And we know why, because it sort of got taken over by other entities. And then when AC decided to... Well, I don't know if they decided or not. That's the wrong way of saying it. But once it got put back in the AC's hands, you know, things started to turn around. And now it seems as though uh, the powers that be see how well this works and they're not going to screw with it. Well, you and I talked about, I guess, last week, uh, the fact that they've done it for what they say, 12 years, they've learned a lot, you know. Mm Imagine bringing somebody brand new and dropping them in a room and saying, book a, book this festival. Yeah. Uh, which probably gets to the three years and four years ago with the old committee of mm-hmm. many is a committee mm-hmm. of none type of thing. Too many chiefs. Everybody probably had a, who knows? We weren't in that room. But, yes, I was stunned that it's two people, but it seems to be the, t- the right two people. The right two people. And now, yeah. the, the more, like, another thing I wanted to ask when I listened back how often do you fight? 
Like, how often, I understand that you disagree about artists, but if you don't come in with the right mentality with another human being who is basically your professional crutch, yeah, I mean, you count on that person to come at you with the same energy, to not fight with you, to respect you. How often do those lines get blurred? How often do you get just totally butt hurt by somebody else and you just have to stop talking for a little while? Yeah, because I mean, they said they about fight this, about it. If but. you're talking about this every day, like if, if I'm to believe you and you're talking about this every day and you're working on this nonstop and you've got however many venues to book and you've got how many other festivals to book, how often are you guys just like, I got to take a break from you? Yeah, they didn't. We didn't get to how often, but they did say they argue. Um, that's an interesting question because they do it year round, right? They're already working on next year. That is an interesting question. And they're they're working on festivals, they're working on venues. And here's the other thing that I thought about along the same lines: if you listen, to, and I thought it was so interesting when I asked not the question that I asked, but I asked them, "What are you better at than?" Yeah, the other. What's your yeah, strength? Yeah, what's your, your strength? what's your strength? What's your genre that you really, really feel comfortable in? And you know, Brian's answer was, "We need to know all of it. Yeah. It is our job to know all of it." And boy, that hit me like a ton of bricks. It's a job. Yes. How often do they say to themselves, "I'm just tired of absorbing content. I'm tired of listening to music." Again, how often does the job that you have turn you into being soured on the product in which you were? you're representing well again i mean you and i are peripherally in this business i mean that's similar to what i do as a as a newspaper guy i i'm not supposed to have a preference you know if we've got an act that's coming in that's whatever genre i have to show the same enthusiasm and energy and interest in writing a story about it so i kind of get that part of it i get it but like I, i i am in radio but dude when i am out of work the last thing I want to do is listen yeah. to radio. And what sucks is I became the reason I'm in radio is because I loved radio right. and I loved listening to it. And right. I love being a radio nerd. Now I can't stand it because it's my daily sure. my day to day. And that that I was gonna you agree with. And then the second is how how many phone calls and emails and people like me coming up to them at Moon River and saying, I know who you should get. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the nice one. How about the you know, the label guy or the manager, you know, here, listen to this CD. You need to get these people. That would get old, I would think. Or how about, again, no, no kidding. No kidding. How about this? What about if you love a band and you realize who their manager is and then you're like, I hate that guy. <laughs> I hate that guy and I know how bad this is going to be. Yeah. I mean, I want to know the bad days. Right. Yeah, well, I, mean, I want to know when they argue. I want to know when they get tired of the job. I want to know when they get like they're burnt out and, and what do they do to get out of that that mindset? Because, you know, we think of this. We are so hypercritical about every line on a festival poster. We're so hypercritical of everything that happens on the farm because it may inconvenience us for a second or two yeah. or we don't agree with one thing or the other. But my God, there are human beings that have to do this for a living. I know. And they are burnt out. They're tired. Some days they're just not in it. Yeah, every, that's a great point. I mean, I I'm always laugh about my job. You know, it beats digging a ditch. I don't work on a roof for a living. But it, sure. is it? Well, I, I'll give you this. <laughs> when I tell people I go to Bonnaroo every year, first of all, they can't believe that I camp. That's question number one. 
you know, you camp in a tent, uh-huh. uh, and then they don't believe that it's work. You right. know what I mean? It's work for me. I love it. I'm having a good time. I'd rather be doing that than digging a ditch. True, it's true. But you know, it's work. It's my it's friends a long have always. Day. My friends and ta- Taco is one of them. But when all my friends literally look at me as if I do not do anything during the day. I think it's by by that. Well, I mean, it makes it. I make it look easy, but at some point, you do something for so long, right. you make it sure. look pretty easy. Um, and you know, that's yeah, you know, that's just the nature. And of I've it, done it enough times. You know, I have a routine. I mean, my routine up there is is pretty set. Um, mm-hmm. But since we've added Wednesday, going up on Wednesday for media day, and and Monday, it's a it's a long. It's a long haul. Oh, do so. not, do not even pretend, pretend that us being there from Wednesday to Monday is any sort of work. Now, I will even admit that. There's, no, that's it's not, work. Well, I'm it's not working. working. You're I'm, not working. No, I'm not doing I'm, a damn thing. I'm, I, I know two years when I came. We've had, we've had interviews with people at camp that I've slept through. Yes, we that's true. We haven't on the show. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that is true. I'm not working. So yeah, to your point, I mean this—that's what these guys do year round. So yeah, I imagine it does get a little uh, where they just kind of got to say, "I need a break." Yeah, I got to walk away. I'm trying to think of anything else. I'm sure there's a ton here to go through, um, but I think it's probably a good place to stop. Um, I will say one more thing that I find to be really, really hysterical about everybody that works at AC and everybody that's inside the Bonnaroo world, you know, at the top. Right, even Ken does this, Quayar does this, all the AC entertainment people do this. Have you noticed how they say Bonnaroo? Yes, yes, and it I makes had, me wonder that we're doing it all wrong. We are saying it wrong. Uh, they all say it a certain way, and I actually had somebody not related tell me there is a proper way to say it. Yeah, but see, here's the thing that makes me so. If you notice, go back and listen. Everybody that we've ever talked to at AC always calls it Bonnaroo. Bonnaroo. Yeah, that's Bonnaroo. it. Bonnaroo. We all say Bonnaroo. That's right. <laughs> you got Bonnaroo. it. I didn't notice that. But here's the thing that gets me. If it really is the way, because all of them say it that way. Correct. It's like they've been told, no, we are going to say it the proper way. And if nobody else does, that's on them. That's their inside thing. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they don't. They have never once Nudge. corrected anyone. They've true. never once said to anyone, hey, by the way, you actually pronounce it Bonnaroo. It's true. Ashley says it that way. And he did tell me in his office just before you came in that this is his favorite festival. This is their this well, is sure their favorite so. festival. Yeah, I mean, I bet. Well, you know, I told and I told him. I said I always heard Big Ears was because that's kind of his baby. Yeah, uh, that's his he that's his genre. But that was you know we asked Brian and them if if booking Bonnaroo was different than any others, and they said of course. Mm-hmm. So. You know, no, no, no. I, booking Bonnaroo. Bonnaroo. I got to learn how to say it. I yeah, guess. I do. I like it. It's so Bonnaroo. fascinating that they've never once corrected anyone, <laughs> but yet they all say it a specific way. Yeah, that's true. All right. It's funny you, you caught that because I did too. There you go. All right. That's Barry Quarter. I'm Brad Steiner. Next week, uh, we're really, really excited about uh, some things that are happening next week that's going to sort of like uh, be a, a nice touchstone from the lineup conversation that we've been having for the last three weeks. We'll uh, announce that via Twitter and and Facebook and and all of the uh, social medias and even our Patreon uh, chat group. They'll know first. All right, we'll uh, we'll talk to you then. Love you. 
journey through the stories that define the artists playing Bonnaroo. Who are they? What are they? What will you see? The what? Which bands? This year, that matter. Yay. With Brad Steiner and Barry Corder.